So, uh, after the death threats for our shipping and red markets, I swore never to do anything ever again. <laughs> and then I made party foul. Yeah. And then I accidentally launched party foul at two in the morning. Yeah. And then after that panic attack, well, mm-hmm. panic attacks. Yeah. Uh, it was plural. And the difficulty of that Kickstarter, I swore never to do it again. And that that was the last thing I was ever going to do. And so um, here's another game designers workshop talking about my new game. <laughs> so really, your your uh, Patronus, if this was a Harry Potter thing, would be Charlie Brown as he's trying to kick the yep. football. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. And Lucy is just, I don't know. I why. am both Charlie Brown and Lucy. <laughs> uh, the, o- the only constant in my dual nature is hatred for myself. Oh, no. Yes, so. <laughs> okay. Well, we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's our first Game Designers Workshop in a while. Yes. And uh, we have a lot to talk about because mm-hmm. uh, while well, Redmark gets us out in the wild and uh, uh, we've both been working on various things, um, I'm actually finally finished a uh, campaign for Upwind, uh, the 3Bs campaign, which you might remember I posted actual plays of back in the uh, Kickstarter for it. And I started work on this in November 2016. and. It's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but also Red Markets. I've also, one of the things I've been doing instead of that was uh, doing stuff for Caleb. So like uh, Trabajo. Yes, it is, should be out soon. I ordered prints today. So ooh. Uh, I'm very happy with the work I did on that. Uh, it's got some great art mm-hmm. uh, of our favorite residents from the Fallen Flag campaign. Yep. Uh, especially <laughs> uh, Mr. Deer Hunter. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Looking weird. Yep. And, uh, of course, that's not the only thing coming out for Red Markets, right? No. Uh, so, just general updates before we get to the meat of the episode. Yeah. Um, Trabajo should be out probably by the end of the month, at least electronically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have print copies in time for Origins. We'll see. Um, and then Ele- Elevation, which is Sean Ferris's job line. So, it's an enclave with a, with a l- series of linked jobs, uh, is... In layout already, I just need to do one more proofreading pass. Mm-hmm. And same thing for Veblen Goods, which is the uh, gear catalog that everyone wants. Uh, and that is also got all the art done, and I'm just waiting to do another pass on that. So by Gen Con, we should have three additional supplements out for Red Markets. Also, <laughs> uh, there are 11 games of Red Markets available in the IGDN room, mm. uh, at least officially uh, yeah. f- from Heaven on Games. I don't know what else everybody else is running. Uh, so if you want to get your, I'm running one of them. Yeah. Uh, we'll be running Trabajo, the quick start guide from last year, Le Cabossier and also jobs from elevation. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, of course I had had heard some weird rumor that there were approximately 64 million, uh, (laughs) games around markets being run at Gen Con. So this is a slight disappointment. I have to say, (laughs) yeah, we don't talk about Gen Con scheduling (laughs) in public spaces. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's still better than Gamma at Origins, which is <laughs> fair enough. Saying something about Gamma, but. yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, hopefully, uh, Trapo, yeah, Trapo will be coming out this year. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But, mm-hmm. um, and you know, in terms of other things I've been working on, aside from up when the hopefully Eclipse Face Second Edition comes out this year, because yeah, my, I wrote a lot for that. Yeah, so, uh, we'll see how that works. Um. But yeah, so um, you you asked me to uh, do this up because one we hadn't done one in a while, and also too you've uh, started work on a new game. 
Yeah, so <clears throat> uh, we didn't do these for uh, Party Foul because... Yeah. Well, we talked about it on Mix 6. Yeah, while while it was very new, we talked about it on Mix 6. And then also, uh, it wasn't really RPG space, so mm-hmm. I didn't know how related it was. And then it was a third person to schedule with, because I was designing with Spencer the whole time. Yeah. So it was harder to organize. <clears throat> I think that actually kind of hurt our Kickstarter, uh, one of the many things that did. And I will... Uh, gonna remedy that this time. Uh, also, I am designing another RPG now, so um, uh, I am keen to do it again uh, and talk about it. It won't be my first time doing it, 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 it like it was for Red Markets, but hopefully that means it'll go a little bit easier and we can discover some more advanced stuff as we continue to fuck up in real time. Um, and also, I wasn't sure what or if I was going to work on something else until like last night. So that's why I said we should do it today because I, before then I was just kind of messing around with shit to yeah. get my brain occupied. Um, cause I'm still freelancing. Uh, Nagali C2 is done and has been done for a while. And then I'm currently working on God's teeth, but I work better when I work on two things at once, but I didn't decide I was going to make something of one of those things until, Last night went pretty well. So yeah, it did. Um, so Doctor Witch Doctor. Uh, yes, uh, I've probably mentioned this before. You have. Yeah. yeah. So uh, um, yeah, it's a medical drama game. It's very lighthearted. Uh, it is. There are games like it. So uh, you know, we're constantly assaulted with these ideas, especially in the RPG space. That like we're hyper focused on combat. We're hyper focused on violence and stuff like that. And we need to get to games that focus outside of that. Um, and I agree, but um, RPGs also respond very heavily to genre emulation. Like, even when you have stuff with Hill Folk, it is a genre emulation of uh, a specific form of acting. Like, you know, the yeah. partitioner Granter is a specific school of theater thought. <clears throat> so I was thinking about that, and I wanted to stretch my chops and not make something as like grim dark as Red Markets. Um, and so medical dramas occurred to me as something fun. Uh, but the thing that I've, I've noticed in medical drama games that are good, like the ward and stuff like that, is that, um, they very much take the concept of a medical drama very seriously, mm-hmm. uh, which can be done. I mean, like ER was a thing. I, I get it. But most medical dramas I find absolutely stupid and absurd, <laughs> like <laughs> Grey's Anatomy, uh, even when they're entertaining, like house, like that's not how doctors work what yeah they don't uh, break into the houses of their patients yeah and then that's uh but that's like the fun of it It, it's just it's a police procedural but it's not for police it's for doctors uh which means that you need to come up with shit to do every week and it's going to get further and further away from the quotidian woes of a job um and the other thing that i found really interesting about medical shows specifically stuff like house that i actually like quite a bit is um the mystery aspect, the actual diagnosis aspect of it. Um, and a lot of the medical drama shows, well, I understand that the diagnosis aspect isn't the uh, focus of that because it's a character drama. Uh, I thought like every medical game I'd seen was sort of sacrificing that, this like mystery to solve kind of thing. And it occurred to me, well, like for me, that's the replacement for combat. Like <clears throat> if you're going to do a trad RPG it fights are things that are held together by character interaction and narrative in, in the traditional Gygaxian sense of RPGs. And um, what I find uh, 
not troubling, but something that makes a, a lot of indie games lose their luster for me is that they don't have that much of a game element. Like they have a very much an acting element and that's more of the focus. But I feel like a lot of times um, you don't have to sacrifice the acting element for the game element and vice versa. Yeah. I feel like they can go together where I feel like a lot of indie games um, can sometimes just punt on that. The, the, the line between a game and an exercise for improv actors can be very fine when you're talking about indie storytelling games. Yes. Like, and yeah, you're trying to get something more on the game side. And, and like, and Dr. Witch Doctor is very much about character interactions and improv mm-hmm. uh, of a specific type. But, um, I wanted it to be held together with something that is still a rules-based activity that uh, will engage your mind in like sort of a tactical way, uh, rather than resource management. Yeah, in this case, yeah. yeah. I, and also like deductive reasoning. Yeah. And also the the acting part is, is part of the challenge. It's part mm-hmm. of the game mechanic. So <clears throat> my initial idea for the game was a uh, world in which you didn't have to learn anything about either anything supernatural, the witch doctor side. Or especially anything medical, because another thing about medical dramas is that a lot of the tropes are based off of the parts that they hire doctors to write, which means that when you're trying to improv something that doctor would say at the table, it's going to sound bullshitty. Like Aside from it's not lupus. Yeah, like it's going to be like me and Knight's Black Agents trying to do the the driver monologue thing. Mm. I I touch the brake part and make it go squee, and then the car goes sideways, and then we drive fast like it's not a very good monologue because i don't know anything about that Mm -hmm. so the first rule of dr witch doctor that came up with is you're the expert whatever you say that that's how the disease works that's how it works uh we're just gonna roll with it uh the other thing is that i didn't want a serious medical drama because i feel like games already do that Uh, i wanted a game uh that would be like the dumb parts of medical dramas, of which I find sure. there to be more the salacious parts. Yeah, which I I think is the majority of it. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are parts of the Good Doctor that are somewhat dramatic. All I can see is the terrible Asperger's autism trope and the ridiculous telenovela like mm-hmm. soap opera aspects of it. Um. So the second rule is you have to be silly, not serious. So you don't want to trigger anybody with like hospital memories, if you can avoid it. Um, so for instance, we, we were playtesting and somebody didn't want to playtest because they had things about hospitals and that was fine. I didn't force them to do it, but like, that's why I put that rule in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we didn't do anything that would be specifically triggering to someone with that trauma. Cause it no. was utterly absurd, uh, from the get go, which is the point of the game. So, uh, I wanted to be silly, not serious. And the last thing I wanted is that, <clears throat> Um, again, in, in a more indie telling story game, you, you have these sort of more improv based character interaction based moments. And I didn't want that to detract from the game side, but I also didn't want it vice versa. So the third rule I came up for the playtest was drama fuels deduction. So every tool that lets you deduce what disease the patient has is, uh, fueled by some sort of scene that you have with other characters. Um, so yeah, the basic premise of the game is, is that uh, currently I have two D20 lists. One of them is super and one of them is natural and they all make up for a supernatural disease. 
Uh, I roll. I had Sarah roll two numbers and then write down my signs and symptoms. Symptoms are subjective things the patient is feeling and can describe, but there's sort of a charades rule in that you cannot say the word that describes the symptom. You can only act like it. And signs are objective indicators of a disease that the doctors have to test for. And symptoms will repeat on the same list and sometimes on the other list. Uh, so it's not an absolute thing when you're figuring out the disease. And the goal of it is I played the patient. When I interacted with the providers, the doctors, I had to role play symptoms to communicate to them what I had. And they had to do signs and use their specialization powers, which come from being a uh, demi administrator or a you were an ordained nurse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or an ascended pathologist, or, you know, it's again the supernatural thing. Um, they had to use that to wheedle down options until everyone figured out that I had fey osteoblasts or fairy bones, which is, you know, not good for you. you Got <laughs> to get rid of them fairy bones. So uh, it took about an hour and it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not perfect by any means, but I actually wanted to make it longer, not, mm-hmm. not by a four hour set, but. I thought I'm, I'm shooting for two hours eventually, but mm-hmm. we laughed a lot. We had a good time. Yeah. Um, it, it worked like it didn't feel completely shatteringly broken at any point. So yeah, the basic framework does uh, work. Um, I, I, yeah, I quite enjoyed it because it did, it does give players, especially those who had like, obviously players who aren't, who are absolutely terrible at improv are going to not be great at this game because it f- does focus a lot of improv skills. Yeah. But like it gives you great prompts for improv. Like you're having, uh, this doc, you're now, uh, secretly addicted to a drug, make that drug up or make that addiction up. And then the other doctor discovers you and you have to have to role play that scene. Go. And then like yeah. that turned out to be one of the best scenes I think was, yeah, um, he was addicted to gamma radiation, <laughs> which is getting yoked. Uh, yeah. The other premise is that everything works. Essential oils is the same as chemotherapy, which is the same as prayer. Or any religion or exorcism, yeah, yeah, uh, because it's a silly, silly cartoon universe. Um, but yeah, it worked great. So basically, what I did there was with the drama fuels deduction. I think that's where I got stuck after a while. I was like, well, how do I have people do it? And eventually, I just went to TV tropes for medical dramas, and I, I, I don't, I didn't turn them into moves because there's no rolling or dice in the game. Uh, but I basically gave turned them into prompts for people. And there's two types of drama. So there's medical drama which is dramas that the doctors have, which is themselves, and that cures them of burnout, basically gives them their magic specialization point back that they can spend on something else. Uh, But there's also patient drama, which is things the patient can do. Uh, But every time the patient does drama, it harms their condition. So their health goes down, basically, in the race to Mm -hmm. save the patient. But in doing so, you're giving doctors back their their burnout tokens and they can, you know, spend it on expertise to do things and eliminate the options again. So, um, I'm not quite at this point, I'm not quite sure what to expand first. Like mm-hmm. I want like a D 10 of doctor powers on either side. Yeah. So I want 10 super and 10 natural doctor professions. Um, but I don't want to really expand the list of powers too much without expanding the possibilities first, because I do want a D100 list. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be uh, a pain. 
Um, and before people freak out, the other thing I th- I originally just thought it'll be just 200 things to look at. I'm like, oh my God, no, I'm an idiot as I start writing it out. But what I realize is that you can like sort of biologically group these to where it becomes a stable sim- system. So if you got two D100 lists, you can break that into a group of 10 things of 20. So it's 10 individual symptoms you're looking for, and then you're narrowing down the family on either list. And then from that, the 20 things can be broken into five groups of four. So now once you've got both the families, you've got these groupings, and you're down to just 10 options again. And then when you've done that, you've you've got a group of four things, and then you're curing one side of it. But the other side is four things, and then it's eight. So basically, it's a choice between 10 things, 10 things, and then eight things. And then you um, can narrow down your very specific disease. Um, and also, uh, with the 2D100 list, the probabilities of getting the same disease is like 1 in 10,000 or something. Uh, unlike the people who still roll the same like leg every time they do my D100 table at yeah. markets. It's uh, a lot better odds. Just for, choose different legs. Yeah, being different. Yeah, which I have to say, but some are devoted to the dice. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, my thought was that it'll be very replayable and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. It worked really well. Um, I've also tried other games since then. I tried to get Slingstone off the ground. I think yeah. we had a f- good time with it. We did. It's just going to be a lot more work mm-hmm. than I think I'm ready for right now. Um, and it's not that Doctor Witch Doctor won't be a lot of work. But... Um, uh, I think it's going to be a big chunky game, and I'm not sure I want to do that because I've not made a, a shorter, smaller game. Yeah. You know? Um. So I'm not throwing that away. It's just not what I want to focus on right now. Yeah. Uh, especially since I'm, you know, coming out of the never doing this again hangover <laughs> of finishing a game design, which I'm sure I'll go into after this. But yeah, I'm thinking six by nine, black and white art. Uh, you can run it out of a book, and my only stretch goals would be color. And then, well, you uh, mentioned an app, yeah. And then the the far and away uh, stretch goal. What I would really like to do is make it an app, which means um, the rules are simple enough that you can just kind of memorize them, and then you just get the Doctor Wish Doctor app, and then you're playing it. The app doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you're role playing. It's not really a board game, but it's just a tool for facilitating it. So, like, you say, "I'm going to be the patient." You build your game. Uh, it randomly assigns you a disease. It just spits out your symptoms that you need to start role playing. Uh, it doesn't even tell you what your signs are until you get there. Everyone else decides to play a doctor. They randomly roll on their two D10s to come up with, you know, their uh, voodoo proctologists or something. Uh, and then uh, they start playing. And then you just are role playing around the table and mm-hmm. they have their list of you know, scenes they can have and you have theirs and you can run it without an app. Cause I realize that's the bonus of a lot of tabletop, the analogness, but I think it'd be really cool if you could just be like, Hey, we're at this con, everybody have a phone. Yeah. Let's play doctor, Witch doctor. Like I don't even need a book. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Having that kind of, uh, uh I mean, look at fiasco or uh, Cthulhu dark or any number of really, or, you know, even honey. Yeah. Host. I want it to fill that kind of space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like red markets where you're going to do in a massive campaign. Yeah. Yeah. So there's probably not going to be a ton of like character advancement or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, um, and th- and that's fine. Like, I mean, like that would be a thing that uh, there would be a mistake in trying to make the game too long or have too many steps because like I feel like the one hour mark was pretty good actually for us, but like two hours of that, unless there was some variation in scene types, yeah, like I wouldn't want it. Like I f- 
right now, if you just added more things to figure out, it would just be repeating the same hour. And so like you would need like a different phase or something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there's stuff to add to it. And, but I'm excited to play it again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so am I. And so there's replayability in just the two D 20 lists I currently have. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I really want to play a doctor and I want somebody else to try and be the patient, the patient and see if it works. That yeah. Cause way. this is also GM less. Like. <clears throat> yeah. It's ideally GM GM less, but yeah. I mean, the patient is in many ways sort of setting scenes. Yeah. But um, it did feel different from being a GM. Like mm-hmm. there were times where I was just like, okay, how do I, how do I convey this? I was trying to solve a problem mm-hmm. and I was trying to, but I, I felt I was trying to solve it in cooperation with the players. Mm-hmm. Which was nice, and it didn't feel like as oppositional or are are rather distant than being a jam. But there were other parts, like one of the powers I have is flatline plot line, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, so Jason had this power that let me use a sign as a symptom, so I can role play something that would normally take a medical test. Mm-hmm. So I just hawked something awful into his face, and that was the biopsy. And then like, oh okay, and then they were narrowing down on it, and but like you needed to refresh. Uh, and one of my things is flatline plot line, which is die and reduce your condition permanently by one. But then someone refreshes as they, you know, do the live, damn you live, like chest compression. And then the GM and me kicked in. I'm like, well, that would make perfect sense right now. I just hawked up yeah. bones because I had fairy bones. Uh, and so I just died. I just started beeping at the table. And then everyone had to come up with a resuscitation method, mm-hmm. which I think you guys dumped me into holy water and prayed to Sigmar. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, lightning <laughs> bolt, I think. Too. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was quite fun. Um, yeah. Like it said, it created um, – it's an interesting space for players to be in because – um, again, it's a different framework than we're used to. Like there's every, every, so many RPGs are based on violence or crime and this just like, but the whole all, goal is saving someone. Yeah, yeah. It's all like, um, I always thought, uh, I've had this idea at some vaguely in the back of my head of doing some RPG setting based on search and rescue. Um, and like, yeah, cause that would still be a lot of challenges and conflicts, but it's not like fighting monsters. Every yeah. day. It's like fighting fires or earthquakes mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of drama, but everyone's also familiar with hospital drama. So like everyone yeah. still has a framework for it. So it's not alien to anybody. So, um, yeah, I think there's a, it, it, it's for anybody can really jump into it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the other thing. I, I like red markets a lot, but like, <clears throat> As much as I like gaming and want to be an advocate for it and consider myself an educator, if someone says, I've never tried an RPG before, I would never throw red markets on the table and yeah. be like, let's try it. Uh, well, if I knew that person was a big like Walking Dead or zombie fan, then yes. Yeah, yeah, but that's still like... That's a very And I will also do that if I'm just like, I have all the stuff pre-made. I'm just like, I'll tell you what to do. Just yeah. play and role play. Because that has actually worked before, but the, the book is intimidating. Like, yeah. I want to I want a first RPG that's not terribly intimidating and that people can like young mm-hmm. people can just pick up and play and yeah. older people can play. I mean I mean I, I see your point about the book being intimidating, <laughs> but I mean look at D&D. I mean they're three hardback books and like Oh yeah, I I'm yeah. not anti red markets yeah. uh, by any means. Uh, I'm not anti my own book. I like my big book. Um I want to make more big books. Mm-hmm. Uh I just don't think a big book would help this game. Sure. I think oh, the, no, 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 no. I think Red Markets is helped by being as big as yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, um, No, that's definitely true. Because, like, people are like, oh, God, zombie books, blah. And then they actually read it and like, oh, man, I like the lore. And there's all this other expansion stuff. And it's all optional. I don't, 
I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> that was the idea. Yeah. But this one, I don't think, like, if I go into, like, when Hippocrates was in Greece of 570, I know how to pronounce Hippocrates. I, I just called it Hippocrates General during the playtest. Yeah. Because um, you got to have to take the piss out of it. It has to be silly. Uh, that's one of the rules. But, yeah, it's uh, it was fine. Um, regarding the silliness, though, uh, another question I have moving forward is I, I kind of want like death to be on the table. Like, cause like people die in scrubs, even And scrubs is like the dumbest thing ever. Like it's just completely ridiculous and totally divorced from reality mm-hmm. of living in a hospital. And sure. even they have people die. So like, I do kind of want like, depending on how the disease is and how difficult it is to diagnose, like death is, a possibility. Um, well, if you want to maintain the uh, tone though of keeping it light, you could. I would. I would actually add in some options for. Jesus. Yeah, I, I. I would. Like yeah. say, like if you want to rules, I'd say people can die, but there's still resurrection spells. <laughs> but yeah. like that's expensive, and mm-hmm. also there's side effects. So like nobody wants to be resurrected because like you know it changes your hair color. <laughs> you come back with an yeah, extra yeah. finger. It can be optional, but yeah, yeah. like I do want to like get a rules or a certain progression system. Because the way it works now, I would roll a D6, and that was the number of poker chips, basically. Because every time they wanted to use a scene to get more information, they would have to give me a poker chip to do their specialization or diagnose me by talking to my character and that kind of stuff. Um, And I would put that poker chip on the little progression card, and when I filled it up, my condition would go down. Mm -hmm. And then I'd roll again. Um, so like maybe I make that a D three or something. I, I don't know. Uh, but like, I, I do want it to be a possibility. Well, uh, one, one, uh, possibility could be, um, right now, one of the criticisms I did had for your game was that, you know, we get two powers to start one, uh, and then one of them, all the supernatural ones are like, remove an option from this category or yeah. this. And those are like very situational, obviously. Um, so instead of having that as the theme for those powers, have it all related to uh burnout or uh, having the ability, for example, like one power being, being able to have two burnout chips or two expertise chips. Yeah. I mean, so you could get up, you could, you could stack them. You know, I really think that's where the play testing is going to be at. Like, yeah, I've got to make the list bigger, and that's going to be a fucking monumental task. But once it's done, I don't think it has. I don't. Have, I don't think I have to do anything to it. Mm-hmm. Like once the D one hundred list is there, I think the basic premises of families and groups, and then diseases within groups, the the ten possibilities, mm-hmm. eight po- ten possibilities, eight possibilities. I think that works. Um, sure. But yeah, tweaking those powers and figuring that out is going to have to be yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Also, being able to like eliminate a family or something when it's a d100 mm-hmm. that's going to be wiping 20 things out of the 200 so that might be more powerful like yeah so, that's true that's true. uh but yeah you're right it's it's underpowered for the current play test. Yeah, yeah but yeah I, I played it i i had had a terrible day and and worse week um we laughed a lot we had a lot of really fun times um one scene completely didn't work but it was funny in a different way <laughs> Because, like, you know, every hospital show is basically a soap opera. So one of them's like, love on the wards. Yeah. And so, like, Tom calls a scene with Aaron to hit on his character as an angelic uh, primary care physician or something. And Aaron is, I mean, he ran from a prostitute in the first game I ever played <laughs> with him. So he's not feeling that. But 
I did want to allow for that because, you know, that is, again, in the indie space, you know, you're not neglecting romance as an option. Yeah. Uh, but it basically ended up being Aaron's character being sexually harassed by an angel and just trying to like move away. And I'm like, all right, for some reason that cures your burnout. Okay. Emergent play. Gonna have to figure that one out and, uh, how to maybe yeah. put that in a funnel. But, um, I mean, it was funny because Aaron didn't feel threatened or anything like that, but it was, yeah, it was very interesting. I didn't anticipate gamma radiation as a, thing to get addicted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have an outro in the game called Scrubbing Out, which means uh, the MVP of the game gets to pick a song on their phone, mm-hmm. and then uh, you describe your montage. And of course, uh, Jason was MVP and picked some death metal, so it was a very different ending for a very yeah. special episode. <laughs> um, I, and I kind of need to think of an intro thing for that. But yeah, I instantly wanted to play it again and learn more about it and make changes. Uh, and I haven't felt like that since Red Markets, like Slingstone. I, I did it and I had fun, but I'm like, man, this is going to be a lot of work. Mm. And then, uh, but Dr. Witch Doctor, I was like, this is going to be a lot of work, but yeah. I'll, I'll pick away at it. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that's the next thing I'm going to do. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, that's an important uh, feeling as a, consider- as a game designer is you should trust your instincts and like, this is really working or like, don't don't try and overthink things and like, well, this is the right type of game I should be making, so I'll plot away at it you know if yeah. it's a tedious like you shouldn't do it because I, I mean i also at this point have financial concerns i think it'll be cheaper to make yeah um i think it might be either more successful or way less successful it mm-hmm. depends on how i can get the word out but um yeah i'm interested to try it uh precisely because it will be cheaper to make so yeah if it doesn't do gangbusters at least it's out there in the world and it probably didn't bankrupt me like red markets would have if it hadn't done as well so um that is a consideration but um yeah i mean at this point when i was playing fallen flag and i'm just like this is my favorite campaign i've ever been part of i'm like man yeah i'm a fucking narcissist That's really you shouldn't do that. That's really oh. messed up. Well, I mean, it is though. Like you, you have were to a player. Yeah, yeah. You have to talk your way past it. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm like, well, don't take from Ross's. I'm like, yeah, Ross is doing a great job, but like, also, you're playing a game that you designed every part of. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you, you horrible person? And you have to talk. And but you have to talk your way. Like, what is the point of doing this if you're not designing a game that you would want to play? Yeah. Um, and I think I'm more past that imposter syndrome part that, of it. Yeah. So, and I just had a legitimate fun last night. Hey, my my yeah. little orphan Flannery O'Cannery was yeah. an adorable character. It yeah. was, uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, taking pride in your work is not necessarily narcissism. <laughs> yeah. That you, yeah, it took me a while to yeah. talk myself down from okay, that because it fe- it feels weird. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this I I, I do like it. Um. I am interested to see how it develops. Uh, I definitely want to get some RPPR fans together at Origins and uh, Gen Con and try it out once or twice, especially since it's like an hour to play right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, we only have a play sample of one. Maybe different players and different diseases would result in a longer, shorter play test, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's something to consider. And uh, yeah, that D100 list is... I hope to have that together by Gen Con, maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, again, I'm, I'm working on God's Teeth right now, and that's going to be the majority of my time. But another reason I'm pretty psyched to work on this one over Slankstone is that mm-hmm. I can pick away at, like, four or five diseases and then get back to work. Yeah. Like, and it's not going to be, I need to write this entire combat chapter before I forget it. <laughs> 
Like it would be like in yeah. Slingstone. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, so I assume you've been outlining this uh, a little bit or like, have you, or are you just kind of going at it and just hacking away at it? No, it's really the list. Like the, the game, the whole game is going to be the list and then everything else is going to be like the, the rules on how to use expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the character creation and stuff. And then the the drama hooks. I'd, I'd like to have ten drama hooks for even for patients and doctors because yeah. I want you to be able to randomly roll for it if you can't decide. Mm-hmm. But um, aside from that, it's just going to be like, here's a good idea for this. Here's some advice if you want it. But yeah, uh, the, I definitely think you need some advice, especially for like the romance and the yeah, thing. yeah. And I'm going to include that, but like I yeah. I also think that most people won't read it or need it. Yeah, uh, if they're experienced role players, especially experienced role players in the type of game that this is in the like sort of six by nine mm-hmm. short story game space. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not as outlined as like God's teeth is going to be. It's certainly not as outlined as something like Nagali C2 was, which like I was doing, I was inventing a fucking algorithm to write like, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it it's mainly that list. I, I really want this whole thing to be on the back end run by that fucking list. Uh, and everything else is GMless, and if I can get that into an app it, where the app is GMing for you, basically, because mm-hmm. it knows what the disease is, but nobody else does, and it can basically just confirm yes or no questions, mm-hmm. uh, I think that would be awesome. So. Okay. Um, well, I mean, it kind of sounds like you are sort of mentally outlining it. At least. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. it's so short; it's not going to be like, well, this is the combat chapter, yeah. and this is the special damage part of the combat right. chapter, and this is the. Uh, you know, double action part of the combat. You know, like it's not going to be uh, as intense as stuff I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and the reason, of course, I bring this up is because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I finally finished Three Beasts, uh, the Upwind campaign that I started back uh, a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that uh was sort of what what lesson I would like to impart on the listeners of Game Designers Workshop is the importance of good outlining and knowing how to correct your outline when you fuck it up. Uh, which is uh because that's what happened with me, and one of the reasons why it took so long to finish is because when I outlined it, I was going off the actual plays that I did for RPPR. Uh, and I basically, and, but then I told, uh, Jeff Barber, you know, the, the writer creator of Upwind, like, oh, I could do this in 25,000 words. And like, it turns out the way out Upwind is written and the way their adventures are written, you can't do that much in that amount of space. Yep. Uh, and so I was in the exact same boat for Nagali Sichu. That's yeah. why I cut over half of it and it was awful. Yeah, exactly. And so <clears throat> we should probably talk about the importance of outlining, uh, and how, uh, yeah, that that's kind of the 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 problem there, isn't it? Is that you you? It's very hard to estimate like from an outline of like, oh, this concept will take this many words to write. Yeah, I wouldn't call it importance. Yeah. I would say the fallacy, like yeah. the, this idea that I have an outline and a plan. Don't get me wrong; having an outline and plan is absolutely essential. Yeah. So you're not just randomly making something up and doing a heartbreaker that's 600 pages and goes nowhere. But at the same time, thinking that that outline is like having a word estimate. Yeah. Uh, the, my problem is I always outline it. And I'm like, that looks about this many words. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is be like, I need this many words. Let me make an outline that is that many words. And it's always backwards for me. I always do the outline first and then try and make them fit a word count. And then it never fucking works. Yeah. That's exactly it needs to be what like, I did. Yeah. yeah it, it needs to be, uh, 
I need this many words. <laughs> Let me outline only so far and then see how long I am. And then like try and try and pretend that was the plan all along as you cut and rearrange and change the plot. And I'm not good at that yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of weakness with me as well. Now, um, part of it was also because I was working on a game that was in development uh, at the time up when I also have experience with that with run markets, yeah. but uh, what I didn't anticipate in something you have to be aware of if you're writing a game for that someone else is writing, but it's still in development. You, yeah. know, you don't have a finished product to look at. Yeah. Like, here is how the rules are. Here is what the lore is. Yeah. The you know when you're when it's in development, the lore and the rules are in flux. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and there's like there's certain terms in my original draft of Three Beasts that I go back and change because like Jeff changed them later <laughs> on, and uh, I'm sure I encountered that in Trabajo or at least best practices. Uh, for red markets uh definitely best practices yeah. Traba, Trabo was pretty solid draft yeah so, yeah um and so what I, I so you have to like maybe what i should have done with upwind is write at least maybe one encounter and word count that and then extrapolate from there but i just like assumed you'd be writing like red markets or base raiders or something mm-hmm. and like upwind is a lot you have to put a lot of space into like there's no stats for enemies but yeah you the the thing about up when the unique thing about the Q system is that you're like oh you have to extrapolate all the possible out narrative outcomes of a single <laughs> conflict yeah like what happens when the bad guys win but you don't want the game to end yeah flowcharts within flowcharts yeah. yeah but the thing that's the thing is it has to continue like, yeah the the story continue you, the only what you can't write yeah then everyone dies like the, the yeah. game's over you can't do that in the first encounter like you have to mm-hmm. wait until the end the players ha- have to fail forward at least until the end of the scenario. Yeah. And uh, so how do you do that? Um, yeah. So that was pretty challenging. Um, and I've sent only sent the rough draft back. I have no idea how rough it is and what Jeff's going to do to it in uh, uh, <laughs> editing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. So maybe we should think about like, how can we improve our outlining in the future? Um, I, I mean, I've. I mean, your first thing of like doing the word, figuring the word count and then extrapolating from there is a good idea, but anything else? And I'm going to try and do that with God's teeth. But yeah. like the, the main problem with it is, is that you don't just get to write unless you're doing your own work. And yeah. in which case, why not add pages? Cause it's your thing. Do whatever the fuck you want. Cause people are like, Oh, it's irresponsible of you cut that, all, all that stuff for red markets. So I'm like, it's my own company. Like if I get the money to pay for it, why can't I publish that much? Yeah, it's your vision. Yeah, and so then you don't have the discipline to do it, which I don't. And then the other side of the thing is, is like they probably didn't give you a word count and hire you until after you pitched it. So where I hit Nagali C2 hard in the face is that I pitched it, and I had it fully designed. I had the whole, um, you know, here are the four pillars of civilization – um, here are all the different ways they could possibly combine and all the mm-hmm. different possible orders in this system of four. Um, we're going to skip the last one because that'll just make a finished society and that will just be on. And that, that is where it will end. And so we've got this, you know, system here of like, you have four possible choices and then you've got, uh, 12 possible choices and then you've got 24 possible scenarios. Like, and I, I just statted it all out. Like, and they're like, yeah, do that. And uh, what do you think it'll take to do that? And I'm like, well, I'm going to keep them short, like 400, 500 words. So let's call it 25K. And they're like, yeah, okay, do that. And then I start writing. It's like, oh, wait, what happens when you go and there's no civilization? 
So I didn't plan on the <laughs> tribal face at all when I pitched it to him. And then suddenly it's 40,000 words. And so, yeah, that, that was the thing. Like, yeah, the I got the word count after I did the pitch. And then it becomes like, do you want me not to do the thing I pitched you? Or do you want me to... <laughs> Uh, you know, do something else within the word count, and mm. that is a that is a rough choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I made it, but like I, I would, I would prefer not doing it without you know, like eliminating education, <laughs> which I did in the Nagali C two draft, um, because you know, uh, I think it would be better if it was whole. I, I mean, I'm still proud of Nagali C two. I, I don't think there's anything else on the market like it for rain or anything else for that matter. No. Oh, no, no. Um, so I'm still proud of it. But yeah, I, I wish it had been the whole thing. But that was like 43,000 words. So, oh, well, say la vie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know how to do it. I don't have an answer yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's something, yeah, we, we both have to work at. I know for my future projects, uh, you know, one thing I did, um, I'm actually thinking about, a, and I've talked talk to you about this, I'm not... Um, I have an idea for a Blades in the Dark system game, mm-hmm. uh, and I have some ideas for it, and I don't want to talk too much about the setting yet, well, at all about the setting, but one of the things I did uh, was actually copy Blades in the Dark. Um, I basically took the PDF of it, exported it to a Word format, and then did a word count of it and in the particular sections, like how much the rules yeah, yeah. were, how much the setting was. Uh-huh. And I also did that for Scum and Villainy. And mm. they're actually very similar in like how much word count they do for the mechanics and how much they do for the oh, setting. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Um, and so I feel like that could be something in the future we do. Find a model? Yeah, find a model and like go after that. Yeah. Um, and so like Blades in the Dark and Scum and Villainy both had about 50,000 words for rules and then about 60 to 70K of words for setting. Uh, and including rules specific to that setting. Yeah. So like... Um, the, the base mechanics were like the conflict resolution and the playbooks and that kind of thing. Uh, the setting stuff was like the neighborhoods or the star systems, you know, for whatever. Um, yeah. So I, that, that I think maybe looking at similar games and trying to model it after that could be very helpful. Yeah. Another thing I plan to do is not have a setting. Like, yeah. at least for Dr. Witch Doctor, it's going to be. Yeah. Wackety schmackety do like hospital. Yeah. It's Doctors. Crazy stuff whatever you want like just figure it out yeah doctors and magic yeah exactly uh so i think that'll help me out with that but like for god's teeth like yeah i'm gonna have to write about what the fuck bast is and it's gonna have to be like maybe it's this maybe it's that yeah it's always spooky like well you have to look at the delta green style and then yeah i I gotta do the yeah i gotta do the history stuff yeah i've done all that research but like i'm gonna have to keep that shit condensed to like 5,000 to 10,000 words because the scenarios are going to be a dizzying layer of bureaucracy and clue finding and horrible ambushes. And Mm -hmm. like that shit takes 10,000 to 15,000 words to lay down. Like even a, even a Deadweiler scenario, it's like, well, probably over 10 K like, and some of those are just like time radiation. You're dead, but it's still like, (laughs) yeah. uh, So yeah, I got to save room for the actual scenario parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's, uh, well, Delta Green in particular, they have a very concise style where they try and get a lot of information in a very short amount amount of Mm -hmm. space. Um, I think, uh, you know, thinking back to it also, one of the things I never had problems with, uh, really going over word count, 
uh, was when I was writing for Eclipse Phase. I know you've had it, but that was more of a research thing. But like writing sections of a book, a larger book, in which I had like 10,000 words to write about the Titans or whatever. Yeah, if someone gives me an outline, I stick to it. So like, for instance, I didn't have an outline for devotees, and so it expanded. Yeah. uh, Because it it was like, I pitched you this, and here's what I did. Um, But when I did sections for X-Threats, I didn't go over it all because it said... You got to talk about this for this many words. I'm like, bang. And so that was, um, I think that was the difference for me between best practices and Trabo. Yeah. And that was the thing. Uh, yeah. That was the other thing. You gave thing. me a template. And uh, like, yeah, well, I, I gave you a template for best practices, but I didn't give you word counts for each section. Yeah. Uh, which is what I did on the enclaves. Now it should be roughly this big. Yeah. Um, and so that helped it a lot. Um, Sean did a very good job before he went to me with ev- elevation, but then I'm like, look, what I'd really like to do in doing this through Heaven on Games is to get it consistent with the style. Mm-hmm. And so um, his was quite a bit shorter, but I thought it was like shorter and not the good way because if he didn't come in the box with you to run it, you'd yeah. be confused about a lot of stuff. And so we put it more into the framework and I, I think it's better off for it just because it's meatier. Um, and it's more important than that. Even if Sean is like, well, he's an asshole who ruined my game. Uh, it, it, at least it's more consistent with my style of, of the publication. So, I mean, that's one way to do it. If you can make that detailed of an outline with specific word counts and absolutely stick to it without any deviation, um, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, I tried that for Nagali C2, and it didn't it, it didn't. Well, that's work. because you forgot an entire section. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's also part. There's also societies that are just like harder to describe. Yeah. Like uh, there was a there was a pirate pirate like age of piracy uh civilization in there and i'm like well you gotta describe like why pirates can just be roaming around like you know what are they stealing why are they not part of the state you know like yeah you, you need this whole like merchant princes kind of uh, arrangement and how that develops a very complex arrangement yeah, yeah and so like you know that yeah. was more difficult than just like fascism like it's like there's no history anymore nagali c2 reigns like that one's like 300 words it's real easy but like there's also a scenario where you don't even get into nagali c2 because they have so much technology that people outside discover it and so the scenario is back in the real world trying to get all of the refugees <laughs> <laughs> clawing their way into the portal and that was more complex than mm-hmm. like going into the portal and discovery so so yeah it, it was just harder to harder to stick to the word count as it's, than i yeah. anticipated but. um yeah, so what happened with me with Three Beasts was that I got to about 20,000 words in, and then I'm like, oh, shit. I can't I, do this. I can't do This is like a 50,000-word project if I yeah. stick with my outline. Um, and so I went back and reread it, and then I basically like, – well, the whole the whole point, the whole goal of the Three Beasts campaign is like kill these three things. Yeah. These three baddies that the cult released. Mm-hmm. And like, so I'm like – Normally, uh, the way I had written it was that it was uh, in the starter dungeon, sky dungeon, that they find the monsters and they've all escaped, but the players can pick up clues. Um, so now I'm like, well, you can kill at least one of them in the dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other two are probably going to get away, but like you can get one of them, just get them um, in the dungeon. And he shows up at your house. Yeah. Well, you show up at his house <laughs> and you just shank him as soon as he wakes up Yeah, or prevent him from being awoken mm-hmm. uh, in the first place. Um, and then of course I made, I realized the sky dungeon was actually a really cool set piece. It's like, why should I just have that for the intro? Let the players go back to it and like read you know, comb it for clues or have it yeah. be a dungeon that the game master can, uh, use for other set pieces. Um, so that was one thing was just like taking 
interesting elements and sort of expanding them rather than like adding a lot of new elements on that. Um, And then one of the other things is of course the actual, instead of like just removing steps, it was like, you know, to kill this one, like it was a nonlinear thing. You choose which order you kill the three Mm -hmm. bad guys. Um, And to kill one, you had to go from a to B to C to D. So I just took out a, or I just took out B and C and just said, okay, here's, here's how you kill it. And then let Mm -hmm. the players, uh, but it's a, it's a, it's an open up. It's, an open enough framework that the, a GM can easily add more hurdles if they want to, if yeah. they want to expand it. Um, so I feel like that's, you know, just taking the essence of what the adventure is about mm-hmm. and still, uh, which is similar. It sounds like to what you're doing in the galaxy too. It's just like, here's some stuff that's really complex and I just can't, it, the, the rest of the game doesn't support it very well. Yeah. A lot of words to explain it. Yeah. And um, so for me, it was like, yeah, you just go there and, kill this monster in this way. And that's the way you deal with it. Um, or find the monster that's hiding and trying to build up its power base, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of thing. So, um, that's what I did with, um, that was the essence of what I did with, uh, uh three beasts. And we'll see what it, what happens when I get my editing notes back. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of the key with that because it, like feature creep is so common with writing and outlining like mm-hmm. your eyes are always bigger than your stomach in yeah. a metaphorical way. Um, so mine aren't my, my eyes and stomach are bigger than my editors. Yeah. Common sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Cause they're, well, actually their common sense is bigger than mine. They're just not dumb enough to print all the stuff. I would keep <laughs> typing. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, another reason I kind of want to do a short game next time when I'm doing my own thing is because I have practice to, concise. I have to get better at that. Like, yeah. that's the other thing. I don't feel like I'm inconcise. Like, I don't feel like my sentences go on forever or anything yeah. like that, or that I've got wasted verbiage or using a lot of passive voice everywhere. But I mean, Laura would probably disagree. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we need to do an episode with her on. But yeah, at, at the same time, um, yeah, it is long. Like, I think I just include too much stuff. I don't feel like it's wasted stuff. I just feel no. like there's too much stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there is that, that, uh, um, I mean, it's different schools. Like a lot of game designers, like they have one idea and that's it and they'll run with it. But like mm-hmm. for easy, like, well, this idea would lead to this idea would lead to this idea. Yeah. And then like, well, why not add all of it? Mm-hmm. And so like, it's a different in philosophy. So, um, yeah, because I mean, I've seen a lot of games that were barely an idea, and it really suffered because it needed a little bit of a stronger framework. Yeah. But like pruning it is also a valuable skill. Uh, uh, pruning overly uh, developed ideas, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's something. It's something yeah, I, we both I, have to work. I on. think it's another thing in the freelancer mindset. Like if you're just if you're only doing game design, mm-hmm. um, I think some of those games come out because you're just desperate and you need to get it out the door and work yeah. on something else. Um, which, you know, is why I like kind of freelancing and having a day job. I can sort of decide what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I have a couple of ideas for RPGs that aside, not just the blades in the dark one, but a couple others, uh, but none of them are quite ready for me to talk about yet or play test. But, uh, I mean, obviously ruin is and ruins. Yeah. Ruins good. It's, yeah. it's getting there. The last couple of play tests have been great. Yeah. Uh, and I need to get back into working on ruin because mm-hmm. after I've gotten back from Australia <laughs> and 
But I have no idea when Ruin is going to be done. I, I, with Ruin, I've decided I'm gonna it, I'm gonna just keep working on it until it's actually ready. And I have an idea of what I when it's going to be ready or like what it will be like when it's ready. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how long it's going to take to get there. Yeah, because uh, I know what features it should have and I know what what the finished gameplay should be like and everything. But like I'm just mm, you know it's mm-hmm. I don't want to rush it. I don't want to set an arbitrary date. So yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so this has just been, yeah, kind of an update of what we're working on. We're, so We're doing it again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is right happening back. again. Yeah. It is happening again. <laughs> yeah. This this message is coming to you from the year 199 <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to uh, stop the future. You must. Uh, uh, anyways, if you enjoyed that obscure John Carpenter reference, yeah. uh, you are definitely an RPPR fan. <laughs> thanks yeah uh so anyways this has been game designers workshop uh just an update on a bunch of different things yeah we'll (laughs) let you know when we've done more stuff yeah uh and we did record that play test so we'll uh, that'll probably be posted before the uh if it ever gets a kickstarter yeah 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 definitely save that hype let's keep it conditional tense (laughs) all right we'll uh talk to you all later all right bye really sublime do the voodoo would undo my mind next time I'm gonna take my time I'm a witch doctor 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 I'm a witch doctor